Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Encouragement in Persecution, Part 3. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Before we start, I have a quick update to be sure you have the right web address. Our new web host is pinecast.com. We must have lost the letter M when we copied the link. Our short link in Pinecast is lowercase i s dot g d forward slash lowercase t uppercase s lowercase o uppercase g e lowercase h. That's it. Just hit enter and you will be taken to our new Pinecast site. We apologize for any confusion due to our mistake. Last week, we continued examining 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5-12. through 12. However, our study was confined to verses 6 and 7, again due to the wealth of biblical knowledge we found. Significantly, we continued to find the issue of it not sounding all that promising and hopeful especially to those who are not saved in Christ. Given the heading of this passage, what's up with that? First, his rapture is in the air or on the clouds. Secondly, we find in Scripture his full, in-person, second coming at the end of the tribulation period by Jesus setting foot on earth once again. This does, without doubt, cause grievous misunderstanding of what the Bible is telling us about these two events for modern readers. This is due to the fact that there is no precursor event, no prophetic event, to be fulfilled prior to Jesus Christ coming for his own at the rapture. We also have no current day and hour for the tribulation period to start, of which, when it ends, is when his second coming will happen. This indicates, if you are here and many people suddenly disappear, the tribulation period is at hand. It will now be seven years before Christ comes again, in person, on the earth. Our confusion is due to how we interpret Scripture without any help guiding our interpretation of what we read. We simply accept some confusion we come into or just take what we read as just that without further inquiry. We take what we find as solid understanding and definition as well as needing nothing more for our understanding. Should we not really dig deeper into proper understanding the scripture we read regardless of what the subject matter is? This week, 
we conclude our examination of 2 Thessalonians in chapter 1 of this book. Again, so much and so little time. There is plenty more in this passage that you will have to find as we move to chapter 2 next week. As we have already noted, verses 1 through 4 are Paul's salutation and thanksgiving. Verses 5 through 12 is where this study is found. This week, we start in verse 9. We will, however, start reading in verse 8 for the full thought. This passage of examination in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 reads, With flaming fire he will mete out punishment on those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will undergo the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his strength, when he comes to be glorified among his saints and admired on that day among all who have believed. And you did in fact believe our testimony. And in this regard, we pray for you always that our God will make you worthy of his calling and fulfill by his power your every desire for goodness and every work of faith, that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 8 through 12. Quickly, we should note verse 8. Verse 8 addresses two types of people. One, those who do not know God, and two, those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus. In some cases, both are one in the same person, where they do not know God as their personal Savior and outright disobey the known gospel of the Lord Jesus, whether they themselves actually know it. Also, does the comment, quote, do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus, end quote, mean those of us who are saved in Christ? Is it possible we too, who disobey God even in our salvation in Him, are in this group too? Who can say any of us obey the gospel beyond our attempts to try? This is directly to my point of how badly we can be confused if we are not clear with the obvious contradiction, contradictions, and quandaries that just such a biblical issue creates. Rest assured, the Bible and even the words of Jesus are quite assuring to us, being defined as his children. We will go home with him on the day of his return on the clouds in the rapture. This is clearly before the tribulation period. The two events are clearly different. While we do not have an exact day and time, for the beginning of the tribulation period, much is written of how it will start. The same is not true of the rapture. We are given only the promise of it and the promise of the fact it will happen. There is only enough prophetic scripture to let us know that it will come and very unexpectedly. However, I digress. For the complete thought, our first verse reads, 
they will undergo the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his strength. When he comes to be glorified among his saints and admired on that day among all who have believed, and you did in fact believe our testimony. Here is a case in point. Is this about Jesus coming in the rapture or the second coming? Your further examination should bear out the answer. However, commentary on these two verses reads, Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction? The word which is here rendered destruction is different from that which occurs in Matthew chapter 25, verse 46, and which is there rendered punishment. The word occurs only here and in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, in each of which places it is rendered destruction. It does not denote annihilation, but is used in the same sense in which we use the word when we say that a thing is destroyed. Thus, health is destroyed when it fails, property is destroyed when it is burned or sunk in the ocean. A limb is destroyed that is lost in battle. Life is destroyed when one dies. In the case before us, the destruction, whatever it be, is, one, to be continued forever, and two, is to be the nature of punishment. The meaning then must be that the soul is destroyed as to the great purposes of its being with enjoyment, dignity, honor, holiness, happiness. It will not be annihilated, but will live and linger on in destruction. It seems difficult to conceive how anyone can profess to hold that this passage is a part of the Word of God, and yet deny the doctrine of future eternal punishment. It would not be possible to state that doctrine in clearer language than this. It never is stated in clearer language in any creed or confession of faith. And if it be not true that the wicked will be punished forever, it must be admitted that it would not have been possible to reveal the doctrine in human language. From Barnes' New Testament Notes. That commentary passage said a lot. There are three subsections we need to examine to obtain the full and complete thought. Commentary opens with this quote Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction? I do not think you can find an encouragement in that statement. Yet, this punishment of chapter 1 lives under the heading called Encouragement in Persecution. I think at this point, it may be easier to see that Paul is identifying the form of persecution the Thessalonians are experiencing before he levies his encouragement. However, all continues. We should note also that the word, quote, destruction, end quote, 
does not denote total annihilation. It is used in the same sense in which we use the word when we say that something is destroyed. Thereby, meaning, health is destroyed when it fails, property is destroyed when it is burned or sunk in the ocean, a limb is destroyed when it is lost in battle, life is destroyed when one dies. In the case before us, the destruction, whatever it be, is to be continued forever. What we may better know and say today as, quote, eternal death, end quote. Because of how negative that sounds, we may have conveniently forgotten this aspect of life in this world. This is one of the stronger parts of Christianity that allows unsaved people, mostly, to lose sight of the fact that God is merciful even right now. This is where the likes of a world pandemic can blur or even cause us to lose sight of the real biblical truth. God did not create this pandemic. He did allow it for many reasons. The two most prominent reasons I see are as follows. One, to pause his church for them to reflect on just how they are conducting themselves. Is it about acquiring more people and their money in offerings? Two, is it about change, hard change in some cases, change that can only come when proper reflection leading to repentance in God's people will lead to what God will reveal to not just his people, but to the world through his humble people. In light of those two assessments, what are you not doing now that you could do despite living in a global pandemic? In Paul's day, all they had was verbal skills requiring you to be within hearing range. They also had written skills which took far greater time to disseminate in those days than today. Stop and think about this issue of communication. Today, we have far greater means of communication without ever leaving our home. Did Paul have the internet? Absolutely not. But we do. So how are you going to use this platform of communication? Maybe you are not gifted in sharing God's word as others are, but you are gifted in something. Is that something cooking? Why not start an online means of sharing what you know? With free site names and free amounts of web space, so far you are up and running with nothing out of pocket. Or find a social media platform to use to present your spiritual gift to the world. So, where are you? What could you be doing that would help others right now using your God-given gifting and in the future beyond this global pandemic? You see, we have the answers if we take the time to stop and think. Ministering to people with regards to food is a ministry. So what are you doing with God's gifting in your life 
to make these pandemic days better for someone else as a ministry to win their soul to Christ. Again, I digress. So what does it mean when commentary says, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction? That's a good question. The simple answer is, anyone not saved with the pure saving grace of God. It is not enough to simply start being a good person and going to church. You must be saved in Christ. There is simply, according to Scripture and the words of Jesus Christ, no other way. Everything else is folly, no matter how good it seems, feels, or demonstrates itself to you. To learn more about being saved, refer to our link in our episode description below our show title. Please click the link associated with the comment, How to be Saved, for more information. Commentary stated with regard to something being destroyed. It clarified the difference between destruction and annihilation. It read, It does not denote annihilation, but is used in the same sense in which we use the word when we say that a thing is destroyed. Thus, health is destroyed when it fails. Property is destroyed when it is burnt or sunk into the ocean. A limb is destroyed that is lost in battle. Life is destroyed when one dies. Let's see the English dictionary definitions for these words just for our best clarity. Annihilation. An often formal act of putting an end to abolishment, abolition, cancellation, invalidation, nullification, voidance. Destroy. To break apart the structure of render physically unusable or cause to cease to exist as a distinguishable physical entity. Now how, when something is destroyed, is it not the same as abolishing it, canceling it, invalidating it, which is more to the point of annihilation than when something is destroyed? When you annihilate something, there is very little, if anything, left to rebuild with. When you destroy something, much rubble is left behind, such as the total destruction of the Temple of Israel in 70 AD, and its prior destruction before that. Had it been annihilated, there would be nothing but blank ground to rebuild on. However, the rubble alone is proof that God destroyed the Temple of Israel. It was not annihilated. Our final and most important note from commentary was this. In the case before us, the destruction, whatever it be, is to be continued forever. It is to be the nature of punishment. The meaning, then, must be that the soul is destroyed as to the great purposes of its being with enjoyment, dignity, honor, holiness, happiness. It will not be annihilated. It will live and linger on in destruction. This cannot be a forever to look forward to, 
as the happy forever promised to all of God's true saints. I do not see where that requires any further examination or explanation. So, with all that, where is this encouragement in persecution? It starts after the second comma in verse 10. The full passage reads, starting in verse 9, They will undergo the penalty of eternal destruction, away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His strength, when He comes to be glorified among His saints and admired on that day among all who have believed. And you did in fact believe our testimony. And in this regard we pray for you always, that our God will make you worthy of his calling and fulfill by his power your every desire for goodness and every work of faith, that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 9 through 12. Verse 9 carries the previous thought. Then, in midstream, changes. Verse 9 reads, They will undergo the penalty of eternal destruction, comma, away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His strength, comma. Now in verse 10, and in the same sentence, is the change of thought. The third portion of this thought in verse 10 reads, When He comes to be glorified among his saints and admired on that day among all who have believed, and you did in fact believe our testimony. This is now followed by verses 11 through 12. So the exhortation by modern definition is just the last third of the full sentence that concludes in verse 10, finishing in verse 12. So. By modern definition, the exhortation is as follows in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10 through 12. When he comes to be glorified among his saints and admired on that day among all who have believed, and you did in fact believe our testimony, and in this regard we pray for you always that our God will make you worthy of his calling and fulfill by his power your every desire for goodness and every work of faith, that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Next week, we will begin in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. It seems Paul now wastes no time in getting to his point. He says at the end of verse 1 and in verse 2, We ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily shaken from your composure or disturbed by any kind of spirit or message or letter allegedly from us to the effect that the day of the Lord is already here. To find out why the day of the Lord is not already here, find out in next week's episode. Play or download next week's episode titled, The Day of the Lord, Part 1. Download this episode from one of our podcast hosts, 
or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. All our links are now provided in each podcast episode listing starting on September 20th, 2020. You will find our podcast listings on any podcast listing page directing you to the episode you want to play. This year, we have decided to go with making Pinecast our primary host. We also added the Facebook-style social media site, Diaspora, to expand our internet presence. We have even added Tumblr with a forward-facing web page where you can get all our updates without having to log in. You will find that new link in each podcast listing starting on September 20th, 2020. If you go to our internet homepage under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. When searching for us, please use the search phrase Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church. Again, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church. To find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few, please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our backup server is now listed in our show notes in each and every episode starting on September 20th, 2020. You can also go to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.